0: that gotta get my perspective. Cause what I just heard broke me in half and half the niggers I know, plus the niggas on the road spelling, laugh now, but quite much later. You see, when niggas get together, they get mad cause they can't fade us. Like my niggas from South Since from Los Angeles. They found that they couldn't handle us. Blood scripts on the same squad with the essay. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is, that's right. It's another edition of the Fan and the Van Podcast time. Oof, my God. Monday night, Steelers-Colts. This goes to prove to you that Jeff Saturday, as much as the the players are buying into his mentality and it's, you know, whatever positive vibe he's bringing out into into the Colts organization as far as the players go, that's all well and good, but let's be honest. Jeff Saturday has no coaching experience. The fact that yesterday he comes out and says, I wish I would have called the timeout on that third down. He had no clock management skills at all. And that was a game, honestly, that you handed the Steelers and one that the Steelers really needed. I mean, Kenny Pickett goes out on that last drive. He calls the play himself. And I don't know if anybody else noticed it. There was one stop they had on Najee and one of the hot mics was near the Colts' sideline. And all you hear somebody scream. They're running the same plays. How is Matt Canada not fucking fired by now? We're going into what? Week 13? And he's still here. With the same abysmal offensive play calling. With the same abysmal answers every single frigging week. I mean, I, take away that. <coughs> There were some highlights from the game, at least. You know, McFarlane wasn't bad getting called up from the practice squad with Jalen Warren getting hurt, you know, and using Benny Snell as running back number two. Um, you know, he was he was good as well. Uh, there were some throws, obviously. Deontay, you're getting paid $18 million, You got to catch what's thrown at you. Uh, you had a surefire touchdown. You, you you catch a ball, and then you're running diagonal instead of just cutting straight up when you have a wide open lane to the end zone. Uh I don't know what's going on with Deontay, but to come out and voice his frustrations, how he's not getting enough targets. In my opinion, this is how it started with Antonio Brown, and I hope it does not go this way. I hope we do not go down a path where we're dealing with another Antonio Brown situation with a kid with all the talent, in my opinion, and then decides that his ego is going to be too big for the locker room and for himself and put himself in an Antonio Brown situation where we have to train him and fleece another team. But, you know, I always get asked, because everybody knows I'm a huge Steeler fan, what do I think the future looks like with Kenny Pickett at quarterback? You know, and regardless where the Steelers finish, they're not drafting another quarterback. They're not doing it. Um... You know, some would like to see them have a top five pick to get one of the top guys coming out, whether it's the kid from Kentucky or it's, you know, Bryce Young or it's CJ Stroud. Um, to be honest with you, I think Kenny Pickett's the answer. The main problem is the offensive play calling. How do you expect a kid to progress when your offensive coordinator is calling the same plays and you know, we, we always say historically you should run the ball on first and second down, right? Well, if you f- rewind back to the Thanksgiving games, and it was Greg Olson, he made an interesting point. And I never thought about this until Greg Olson said this. So I'm not going to take credit for it. I'll give Greg Olson all the credit. We all know who Greg Olson is. Uh, okay. He said, yeah, they're expecting to the run on first down. So what should you do? You should pass the ball because they're in a run-stop defense that they're not going to be able to really stop the pass. That you could literally run any passing play you want. And it's not going to get stopped. And that's something where, you know, even though we have Najee. Nagy, and Najee's playing hurt, let's be honest. Najee Harris has not been healthy since training camp. All right, but yet he's still giving it a go every week. So I at least give him credit for that. But if Matt Canada is going to pass on first down, we don't need a 70-yard bomb down the field. Do a little check down. You know, make it second and five, second and three, whatever it is. You know, stop with the bubble screen bullshit. I hate that little, you know, either to the right or to the left of you, because it gets sniffed out every time. We've seen we've seen people get blown up by it. I hate that friggin' play. I hate it. I've always hated it. Um But you know, the question remains do the Steelers finish with a winning record this year? I'll be honest with you, it looks bleak. And I and I have to be real and honest about it, because I'm not gonna sit here and be one of those delusional fans, you know, like Browns fans, who thought Deshaun Watson was gonna be the second coming of Jesus, and all of a sudden it's oh he's he's gonna be the savior and and, and he's gonna take us to the promised land. Bull fucking shit. The only place Deshaun Watson's taking you to is an all you can eat Chinese buffet, followed by a fucking happy ending at the rub and tug next door. Stop. Stop. Because I've seen Cleveland Browns fans on Twitter. Oh, this is the turnaround. We're going to destroy Houston. And this makes no sense. And I think maybe these 10 accusers are showing up to the game to make their voices heard. And this was, and you knew this was going to happen. Obviously, I don't think they're going there to support Deshaun Watson. Okay. But this is what the NFL has now as a problem. Obviously, accusers are going to show up wherever he's playing now. And people are going to interview him. And more is going to come out. And the NFL is going to look just as bad. Because why wouldn't it? It already looks bad. We... we, we're, oh, only a 13-game suspension, and he couldn't go to the facility till this week, and then he couldn't practice till this week, and, and if he needs a sports massage, it can only be from the trainers there. You mean to tell me you have somebody with eyes on him 24-7 that you don't think that he's got somebody coming over and giving him, you know, the dirty massage? Come on. This kid's never going to learn. You've given him all this money to act like an entitled prick. Okay? He's in essence the the African American version of Zach Wilson. No accountability, no remorse, thinks everything should be handed to him, and don't have to work for shit. Okay? At least that's how he is in the NFL. I don't know about in his past, nor do I really care. Okay? But that's the way Deshaun Watson comes across to me is he comes across as a African American Zach Wilson. Now, you could agree and you could disagree, but they're both one and the same. Neither one ha- takes accountability for shit, so <laughs> call me crazy, but <laughs> how would you describe it? Um, you know, then last night they announced that the Chiefs-Bronco game was flexed out. Thank God. If we had to see another primetime game of the bewildering Bron- uh, Broncos... Getting slaughtered by Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs—it's beyond me. And what people don't realize in this situation with Russell Wilson, as far as like dead cap money goes, get ready for these totals because because you need to buckle up, Bronco Country. In 2023, 107 million in dead cap space, 85 million in 2024. $50 million in 2025, and then $31 million in 2026. All this for a guy who's a shell of his former self. You can't make it up. But yet, here we are. If you're a Broncos fan, and you're sitting here, and again, I'll tell you why they're not going to trade him. That reason, exactly. All that money <coughs> in dead cap space. It's not going to happen. If you release him, yeah, you don't have to pay him the rest of his contract, but you still got the dead money there. So what do you only recoup out of everything, $39 million? What can you possibly get with that? I mean, yeah, you could go and, you know, maybe get a Mason Rudolph-type guy to play for you. But, but, you know, as far as Denver's concerned, you know, I don't know why you would ever pair Hackett with Russell Wilson. Hackett wasn't ready to be an NFL coach. He should have stayed wherever he was. I think he was like a coordinator with Green Bay or whatever it was. He should have just stayed there. And that's that. The other thing, and I forgot to mention this on Monday. And I know people seen it. I know the whole world has seen it. Just when you think the Washington Commanders, even though they're on this little win streak, couldn't make themselves look worse as an organization. Dan Snyder says, oh, we got a winning streak going on. We're being talked about positively. Hold on, let's fuck that up. Who saw the Sean Taylor mannequin? Supposed to be a statue, right? Nope. Nope. No. It was a piece of shit mannequin with, like, Adidas football pants on, a Reebok jersey, black gloves that he never wore playing on the field. This is a guy who, you know, it's been 15 years since his unfortunate death. And this is how you honor the guy. With a JCPenney fucking mannequin. Are you serious? And then you enshrine it in, like, this case that, like, you would enshrine an actual statue in. That's actually worth something. Like you really put this mannequin in, in in like this protective glass bubble for what? The commanders just don't get it, and then they're sitting there talking about you know it was you know it you know it was the you know it was the saddest moment in commanders history. They weren't the fucking commanders then; they were the Washington Redskins. Oh, I said it. Oh my god, I said it. Come on, let's be honest. If you're gonna talk about the past of of, of this atrocious Washington team, I'm sorry, you're going to have to say the word Redskins. I'm sorry, you're going to have to say it. Sean Taylor wasn't a commander. He was a Washington Redskin. End of story. I understand why the name was changed. I get all that. But if you're going to talk about history within the NFL, unfortunately, you're going to have to say some of those which which are now deemed taboo words. You're going to have to say it. That's that. But Dan Snyder is one big fucking douche rocket. Really, that's how you honor a guy who gave it his all on the field for you. And then, unfortunately, it was gunned down. And this is how you honor him. With a fucking JCPenney's mannequin. Why did not you just take a trash can and put the jersey on that? And just say, here you go. Here's the statue, a fucking trash can. Which Sean, Ta- Sean Taylor's family must have been uh, in shock of this, and I don't think they were too happy about it. From from certain things that I read, but anyway, to get off at the NFL for a little bit, um, Major League Baseball offseason. Obviously, you know we all know Aaron Judge wants to sign early, um. There really hasn't been much rumblings of what I, of, from what I've seen anyway, as far as that. But you know, on the Mets side of it, you know, Jacob DeGrom obviously is one of the biggest names that's a free agent that opted out of his deal. And now the Tampa Bay Rays have called about Jacob DeGrom, like they could afford him. You're playing a junkyard of a baseball field that was built on used fucking blown-out Michelin and Firestone tires, and you're going to go get one of the best pitchers in the game when your payroll it totals what he makes in a year. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, Tampa. <laughs> Fucking snap back to reality, all right, because you're not getting Jacob DeGrom. The Rangers aren't getting DeGrom. It's going to come down to the bigger market teams, Okay. It'll come down to the bigger market teams. Who knows? The Dodgers can come in and swoop them, swoop in and and and, and get them. <clears throat> you know, Boston could go after them. And but the Red Sox, as much as I can't stand them, they're a team that I don't know what has happened. But they are a team that's fallen so far off the map that to me right now, they're not even a threat in the AL East. It really just comes down to legitimately right now, it's the Rays. And now with Don Mattingly signed with the Blue Jays, he turned down the the, the Yes Network uh, commentary opportunity to go manage the Blue Jays, which, listen, Don Mattingly likes to manage. Unfortunately, it's with the Blue Jays. I honestly wish it was in pinstripes, but, you know, Cashman and Steinbrenner feel that Aaron Boone's the guy, and, you know... And they're going to let him manage again. I honestly think they should have brought Don Mattingly in in some sort of capacity, but it didn't happen. He's going to the Blue Jays, and that's that. And let's see what the, let's see how they are with Don Mattingly as the manager. Who knows? The Blue Jays could friggin destroy everybody in their path this year, and they got the talent to do it. As offensively, their pitching on the on the other hand is eh, it's questionable at best, in my opinion. Um. You know, a lot of people have asked me, you know, do I think the Yankees trade off Hicks? Sure, you got to trade off Hicks. You got to trade off Hicks. You got to get rid of Donaldson. You got to come, you got to trade IKF too. And, you know, me and Brent discussed it a few weeks ago, you know, messaging each other on Twitter. And, you know, and I agree with the assessment, you know, that, 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 you know, You know what he had to say as far as he thinks that they're going to try to trade him off because look at the contract—it's one year, six million. If you could trade him to get something better, or you're trading him because you're going to go after Trey Turner or you're going to go after Carlos Correa, then yeah, I'm all for it. You could package the three of them together and get a whole new bag of bats and balls. I don't give a shit. But Josh Donaldson cannot be on, cannot be in the starting lineup come opening day. Neither can IKF, and neither can friggin' Aaron Hicks. I'm sorry. The Aaron Hicks experiment died almost two years ago at this point. I understand at times, you know, know, he's come through in the clutch, but when you've needed him to come through in the clutch, he can't do it. You know, he reminds me of a Curtis Granderson, just a Wish.com version of it, because Curtis Granderson was a very streaky hitter throughout his whole career, but when Curtis Granderson... Needed to come through in the clutch. Here's the difference: Curtis Grandison came through in the cr- in the clutch. Just putting it out there, you know. You also heard, obviously, if if you're a Tigers fan, you know Miguel Cabrera is coming back for his final year. You know, there's going to be the you know the walk off tour of of a Hall of Famer career. Let's be honest, Miguel Cabrera. You can like him, you can hate him, you can love him. Guy's a Hall of Famer. Let's be honest. The guys played the game right minus the little incident in the Bronx with the, you know, that whole thing with, you know, we, we, we all remember that brawl. Okay. But now the rumor is as far as Detroit goes, do they bring Verlander back to be part of this nostalgic season of Cabrera taking his career and walking off into the sunset when it's all said and done when the Tigers don't make the playoffs again hate to say it but it's true they're not going to make the playoffs again but that's not why Cabrera is doing it he's doing it i guess to put to put a, a you know to put the ending to his career and if Verlander goes there <laughs> what's Detroit honestly going to pay him can Detroit even afford to bring in Verlander and Verlander's another interesting thing cuz the Yankees obviously have reached out the Mets have reached out and when it comes to pitching for both New York teams, and obviously you have Degrom the out there, and you know the Yankees obviously Talion's a free agent, and do you bring Talion back? I think honestly, if the Yankees do go and get Degrom, which is a which is you know a long shot because I don't think they're going to do it, and I don't think they're going to bring in Verlander either because I think whatever money they're going to spend is really just going to be on Aaron Judge and maybe you know minor acquisitions. So they're not going to really spend that much other than what they put out there for, um, what's his face for, for Aaron judge. I don't think they're going to go out and spend a boatload of money to get the Grom and bring Verlander in. But, you know, again, if you're committed to winning a world series, you know, Hal says, well, we'll, we'll look at how much we've spent. What have you spent? Cause if you're telling me bringing in a 36 year old third baseman, Who's on the decline and is a toxic fuck and you're paying him the you're paying the rest of the contract that Minnesota gave him. Yeah, that's a dumb move. And we've all been saying that one. And then, you know, when you look at the Mets side of it, if the Mets in fact land Verlander for a year, I don't think that means that DeGrom is officially gone. But it's an 85% chance that they're going to move on from DeGrom. Because the only person that could affect Jacob DeGrom not coming back to the Mets is Jacob DeGrom himself. Because if he's going to wait till the very end to make a decision, and what Jacob DeGrom has to realize is that he has an injury history. Of course teams are going to look at this. And it's going to come down to money and years. And... This is why I said him opting out was a huge mistake. You, the the risk-reward factor here does not work in DeGrom's favor because of the past injuries. Is Jacob DeGrom one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball? Yeah, he is, even though he pitched for the Mets. I'll say right now, the fact that the guy won a Cy Young with a shitty win-loss record because his team couldn't score for him at the time. Okay? It's a huge accomplishment. Let's be real. You can hate the Mets, but you have to give the guy his due. Okay? But Jacob DeGrom's going to hurt himself in this situation. Unless there's a team out there so desperate for pitching... That they're willing to overpay and give him whatever he wants. And a team like the Rays are it, but here's the thing. The Rays will be out of the playoff push, and then they'll trade him. And no one's going to take him unless they pay half the contract. You know, you could be the Marlins that go after Jacob DeGrom, and the Marlins can't afford to pay him. And that's why I keep telling everybody, DeGrom's not going to one of these small market teams. He's not going to go to a team like the Pirates. The Pirates made one big move so far, and that's signing a guy who's passed his prime in Carlos Santana. Ooh. And you paid almost $7 million for him for one year. And here's what's going to happen. Ready? Spoiler alert. Carlos Santana will have a decent year in Pittsburgh, and he'll be the trade bait, because that's what they always do. You know, you talk about teams that don't compete, and you sit there and feel bad for their franchise this I forget who it was <coughs> on Twitter and every other minute he tweets out how they need how the owner needs to sell the team bringing people that are going to spend money and he's right and he's right you look at this pirates organization and you think of what could have been if they didn't trade Cole Austin Meadows Tallyyon Russell Martin the list Goes on. Over the course of a decade. How many times could they have won that division? Who They could have won a World Series or two out of it. But you'll never know. Because ownership didn't want to spend one friggin' dollar on anything. You're one of the nicest parks in Major League Baseball. And you can't say that it's not. You mean to tell me if you watch a Pirates game. You don't love that scenery of seeing one of the three bridges. And, and you got the water and the whole feel. Okay. And yet these Pirates fans. <coughs> I'll give them credit. Cuz I couldn't do it. I'd rather sit at home and watch them lose than spend my hard-earned money to go there and watch them lose. But yeah. Talk about a team that needs new ownership and and somebody to come in and and just rebuild that whole team. it's the Pittsburgh Pirates. But with that all being said, um I figured I'd pop on for a few minutes just to bullshit with all of you um you know I'm feeling a little under the weather, so you know obviously I'll cut it short today I'll probably do another one maybe Friday um I'm still trying to figure out what day I'm gonna do just to steal a podcast uh I already had one person on buddy buddy went on Instagram who wants to you know he thinks it's a good idea and that he would love to you know contribute to it, um, level the playing field sports podcast that he'd be interested in and he wants to, you know, contribute to it. I got to figure out how I'm going to do it because, you know, Brendan 1420 Sports always asks me how I beat them to the punch. The answer is simple because I'm a schmuck that wakes up and comes to work early when it's, when it's quietest so I could sit here And do my podcast. Because if I try to do it at home. I got the dog crying and barking in the background. The ring doorbell going off. And the ring chimes going off. And and all this nonsense. And and who wants to hear that? So I come to work early to provide you the entertainment that that I provide. So that's how the early bird gets to worm. unfortunately. Um, But, you know. Just because I break it first. Doesn't mean that nobody else can use it. I mean, we all follow sports, obviously. So obviously we could all talk about the same things and put our own little twists and spins on it. So, you know, I had one guy message me from some sports podcast that, you know, we used to talk. And he goes, oh, I was going to discuss that, but you did. So, you know, I didn't want to discuss it after you did. I'm like, why not? Put your spin on it. Put your little twist. I don't give a shit. If I talk about the DeGrom thing and then Brent and Dave talk about DeGrom later on today or the next time they do, am I going to sit there and say, hey, buddy, you know, I talked about it first? No. I'm I'm interested to hear what their take is. You know, the same thing with Zach Wilson. You know, uh, you know, Brent, you know, uh, the, the latest one he did, you know, he talked about how I beat them to the punch. and But, you know, I love their take on it. You know, I like hearing other people's opinions, so... With that being said, though, I got to take care of some stuff here. Um, But as always, i like to thank everybody. Obviously, Brent and David, 1420 Sports, one of my biggest supporters. Um, You know, obviously, two dudes with Sports News, Sports Podcast. We've been uh, talking a little bit here and there. Uh, Definitely check them out with 1420 Sports, as well as uh, Aaron at Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. uh, Level the Playing Field Sports Podcast, Average Joe Sporting podcast. Sports Podcast, another good one to check out. Nate's Daily Wagers, check them out. Sports Blizzard, Rob and Chris, definitely give them a listen and a follow as well. Um, If you're into pro wrestling, there are two wrestling uh, podcasts out there. Um, John Wrestling Insight Fans is his Twitter handle. He has one that's out. Uh, He's become another big supporter, fan in the van, as well as Bray White Fan24 on Twitter. He's been a huge supporter since the beginning. Um... As, as well as 1420 Sports, so give them all a follow and a listen, definitely check them out, and to all the other sports podcasts, non-sports podcasts out there, uh, to everybody that's in the Good Pods group chat, uh, make sure to check them all out, if you listen to me and the, the rest I jotted off, make sure to give them a follow and a listen as well, and with that being said, stay safe, and as always, peace.